Welcome to another episode of Disney Versus, the podcast where we have animated discussions about animated movies. We have a very fun episode for you today. We are talking about Disney I Want Songs. Woo. I'm Tori. And I'm Heather. Grace is not here with us today. We miss her. She will be back next episode. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Disneyverses. On Twitter at DisneyVS. Rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. Give us a five-star review. And you can subscribe to us on Google Play Music. We have two guests with us today. We have our good friend, Kelsey Poole. Hi. How are you, Kelsey? I'm good. And we have the host of Not A Show Yet on YouTube. We have Quentin Spicer. How are you? I'm all right. Okay. I mean, I'm in a pantry, but... (laughs) You're not in a pantry. You're in a studio. Studio pantry storage room. It's a multi- slash, slash, slash. <laughs> it's a multifaceted room. Bedroom. It's a multifaceted room. <laughs> Let's get to know our guests right quick. Uh, Kelsey, what is a little bit of your Disney history? Like, what's your favorite Disney movie? Uh, probably when I was growing up, it was Mulan for a long time. And then, probably most recently, I would have to say Tangled. What about you, Q? Probably the Black Holder was probably one of my favorites. And recently, gotta probably say Zootopia. Good picks. Woo. Give you some side eye about Black Cauldron, but we've already talked about it. Oh, uh, we've talked about it so much. Yeah. <laughs> so today we're talking I Want Songs, and some people will say, What is an I Want Song? An I Want Song can be described as pretty much in layman's terms, the song that conveys the main character whether they be male or female they usually start singing about their desires and their wants in basically life if the song is good enough and the lyrics is informative enough it will be a plot point and drive most of the movie the term i want song kind of comes from howard ashman in an interview that he gave while working on The Little Mermaid. In almost every musical ever written, there's a place, it's usually about the third song of the evening, sometimes it's the second, sometimes it's the fourth, but it's quite early, and the leading lady usually sits down on something. Sometimes it's a tree stump in Brigadoon, sometimes it's um, under the pillars of Covent Garden in My Fair Lady, or it's a trash can in Little Shop of Horrors, but the leading lady sits down on something and sings about what she wants in life and the audience falls in love with her and then roots for her to get it for the rest of the night. So we're just gonna talk about the I Want songs, starting with The Little Mermaid, and see how they measure up to that idea of motivating the character through the movie. So most of these are the I Want song for their uh, respective movies, but some of them will actually ask, is this really the I Want song? Uh, Let's start with The Little Mermaid and uh, the song Part of Your World. I want to be where the people are. I want to see, want to see them dancing, walking around on those, what do you call them? Oh, feet. (laughs) Guys, is Part of Your World the I Want song for The Little Mermaid? Like, how well does it convey Ariel's motivations throughout the movie? (laughs) Look, 100% yes, because the whole point of the song is like, hey, see that dude who owns a boat, basically? I want to fuck him, so give me some legs, 
<laughs> and I want to fuck him. Also, I'm an absurd hoarder. That's the whole plot of the entire movie. Is she wants legs to go screw some dude that she sees. That's 100% The Little Mermaid. And that's 100% what that song's about. Like, there's no ifs, ands, or buts, in my opinion, about it. Kelsey? Uh, I would think that she's going... She kind of has that desire every teenager wants. And that you want something you don't have. Whether it's, in her case, legs to go on land or more stuff. And then... Hang on. I don't think hoarding has anything to do with... <laughs> Not with that one. With the plot of... I don't think hoarding has anything to do with the plot of Little Mermaid. Just... No. I, I agree with the rest of what Q said, except for yeah. hoarding. Not but she a, is a hoarder. Let's be 100% honest about that. She is a hoarder, but that's not her motivation for the movie. No. no. It does spark her curiosity for land, though, because she's like, what is this stuff? It's not from where I'm from. It's neat. She does want to fuck Eric, though. <laughs> <laughs> she does want to fuck him. And spoiler alert, in the second movie, they have a kid. So, I mean, she did something right. She achieved her goals. Woo! <laughs> Shoot for the moon, kids. <laughs> Heather, do you agree? Um, yeah. I honestly think she just kind of sounds like a snooty little teenager when she sings this song, to be totally honest, because she just wants some shit, and she wants to rebel against her dad, and blah, 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 and she's probably like 15. She thinks she's a grown-up. Who knows? It's one of those. Uh, like... She's 16, and she's not a child anymore. Wait, so how old is Eric, then? That's a good question. How old is Eric? He's a full-grown adult male. He's still a prince, though. Probably to legally marry, uh, probably about, like, 17 or 18, Yeah, I would say. He's still under 20. The movie's set in, like, Denmark, though. I didn't know it was set in Denmark. I think it's either Denmark or Norway. I can't Hold on, remember. let me take some notes. <laughs> okay, got it. <laughs> Shit. Pretty sure it's Denmark because of the, all the controversy of, is the sunken ship Anna and Elsa's parents. Oh, I hate that theory. Hey. God, I hate I that theory. <laughs> she brings up a good point, though. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to Beauty and the Beast. There goes the baker with his trade, like always. The same old bread and rolls to sell. Every morning just the same, since the morning that we came to this poor provincial town. To me, it doesn't seem like it gives it 100% clear. The plot of Beauty and the Beast is just like... It's just a Disney movie about two people falling in love. It's like classic Disney right there. And there's not really like a strong plot point. Like there's not really a strong pull story-wise besides to turn Beast back into a dude. I don't think the song does anything clear and concise about the plot point of the movie. Like I'm not sure if it's a real I Want song. As far as her motivations go? Yeah. Okay. I would disagree. Uh, There's kind of the two plots of her interactions with Beast and getting him human again. But then there's also her figuring out how to be accepted by others while accepting them because she's an inventor's daughter. Like, she's kind of shamed by other women her age because, like, they're all jealous of how beautiful she is, but she doesn't interact with them ever. And the only person that really talks to her are, like, the shopkeepers. But... It's all cordial interactions. It's nothing personal. And so for, I think her thing is to find that personal connection with someone else besides her dad. Yeah, she wants to, like, her. she wants her mind to be simulated because everybody else is so dull or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, it's basically her wanting more. 
it's more like more knowledge, more experiences and stuff like that. And I agree with Kelsey, like Mm -hmm. with the way basically the townspeople interact with her and they say that she's like really weird and really odd. Like she's gorgeous, but she doesn't really fit in. She's like, I, I want more. She loves reading books. So she wants more knowledge. You know, she just wants more out of her life. Not necessarily with objects, kind of like Ariel. Now with the plot with the beast. I think the beast is kind of just an ends justify the means. I could probably agree to that. Because in, in the end she does yeah. get more. Yeah. She gets a lot more. <laughs> she gets a man. <laughs> and a freaking castle and a library. She's and a some princess. Money. And a whole staff of people. So did we make it official that it does like a good enough job, that song? Yeah, I think it does. Based on the song, we kind of said that she wants more out of life. Because she's weird mm-hmm. and like Kelsey said, she wants people to appreciate her weirdness or appreciate who she is and vice versa I'm a minority here could you disagree i think it's a generic song that doesn't really help move the plot along at all it doesn't to me it doesn't convey as much as some of these other songs on the list okay so i don't think it's that effective our next song is the reprise of one jump ahead from aladdin riff raff street rat i don't buy that After he's told that he's a street rat and he has fleas. (laughs) I don't have fleas. (laughs) I think this one does kind of convey his motivation because he wants to be seen as more than a street rat. Kind of like Belle, he wants more out of life than just life on the street. I 100% agree with you on this one because knowing what happens the rest of the movie, I feel like the song is just the perfect setup because this is the song before he goes into the desert, right? Yes. Yes. So that's a perfect setup to where he goes to the Cave of Wonder and then finds Genie. Like, that's a perfect setup to his wacky antics that happened through the movie. Hang on. I kind of agree. But... I don't think this is his motivation to go to the desert. This song is also right before he meets Jasmine. That's true. Yeah. I think Jasmine is his motivation for going to the desert because the old guy in the dungeon was like, they got stuff in there that'll impress that girl you like. That's right. Yeah, I know it's Jafar. Spoilers. (laughs) That old guy is Jafar. It's it's Jafar. In case you didn't know. (laughs) What? I'd agree. Yeah. He's really just trying to find a way out of his current situation because the current situation sucks. Wasn't, okay, so Jafar, old guy, in the dungeon or whatever, he, didn't he kind of come across, like, with the whole Cape of Wonders, not mainly because, for Jasmine, but mainly for, like, riches to change Aladdin's life, and then at the end, he was like, and you can probably get the girl, because you'll be rich. That was kind of the ending thing. It wasn't, like, the stinger. It was the stinger, but it wasn't the hook. Yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. that's what I meant. So if it was the hook, what was the line? Uh, treasures beyond your wildest dreams. So the sinker was Jasmine. Yes. Alright, so now we got hook, line, and sinker. Oh, there we go. (laughs) Ha (laughs) ha! So that song leading into that, yeah, absolutely, it definitely works. And, like, you feel super sympathetic for him, too. Mm -hmm. Because it's just like, you're lonely. Because he's also, like, walking on the street all by himself. Yeah. I mean, he does have a boo over his shoulder, but that's about it. It's probably where he got the fleas from, let's be honest. You're right. Let's uh, move on to The Nightmare Before Christmas and the song Jack's Lament. Yet year after year, 
it's the same routine And I grow so weary of the sound of screams And I, Jack the Pumpkin King Have grown so tired of the same old thing This one's kind of tricky, I think It doesn't really, uh, what kind of portrays Jack's motivations it just kind of highlights his frustrations with life mm-hmm. it's like the theme song to his midlife crisis that is this whole movie do you think do you think Diamond Before Christmas is like Jack Skellington midlife crisis the movie slash musical yeah that's what it is yeah Jack decides to cheat on Halloween with Christmas that's what the movie is and completely blew off Sally mm-hmm. I know that the song can kind of be a little confusing too I know mm-hmm. Kelsey was telling me earlier that she thought that the song was geared more towards Jack wanting Sally versus him wanting something different in his life. Yeah. Can you explain that a little bit? Um, I haven't seen the movie in forever, and so my most recent relation with that is drum corps, and so they focused on the Jack and Sally thing, and so that was where my brain was going as to his, like, the I want factors, or, like, that missing piece. There's a line in there somewhere about the hole that can't be filled, and I related that to his love for Sally. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. I think in the end, Sally kind of ends up filling the hole mm-hmm. that yeah. Jack had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I don't think he knew that she could be the thing that he's missing at mm-hmm. the beginning. Yeah. That's true. She could be his Christmas. Oh my god. <laughs> Sally did end up being his Christmas. Aw. That's friggin' adorable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How they set it up with him singing that song was like after the celebration... And he was, like, walking away from everybody, and he's singing that, and then he ends up sleepwalking into the forest, and then he wakes up and he's just like, whoa, and, like, sees all these, you know, doors. Oh, man, I just had a thought. If this had been a princess movie, Jack would have, like, that would have been a huge, like, boisterous Broadway number. Jack would have fallen asleep on his bed Mm -hmm. and somehow would have woken up in Christmas Town. Yeah. By some Disney magic, the power of his wish or mm-hmm. dream or whatever <laughs> yeah would have transported him to christmas town the whole movie would have been him trying to get back to halloween and everybody in christmas town hating him because he's a pumpkin he would have like glowed blue <laughs> but that's not the movie we got no <laughs> but yeah so like the way they set that up like really sold it for that song in my opinion because it was the party and then it was him traveling and then singing well traveling and singing at the same time and then he arrives at a new destination, which ends up being Christmas Town, which makes him believe that that's the new thing. And then obvious disaster happens. And then later Sally's like, hey, I told you so. And then he's like, man, yeah, you did. I think I like you. <laughs> Let's move on to The Lion King. I have such a beef with this song. Can I talk about it? Goodness. <laughs> Sorry. I had such a beef with this song and I had this rant before. <laughs> okay. Yeah, the song funny. that he has a beef with is I Just Can't Wait to Be King. I'm gonna be the main event like no king was before. I'm pushing up, I'm looking down, I'm working on my God! <laughs> What's your beef with this song? Oh, so, okay, for anyone who just thinks this is absolutely bad shit crazy, I watched The Lion King for the first time on, what, Sunday? Sunday. Yes. Yeah. It was Sunday. Sunday of this recording. Yes. Mm-hmm. But I have such beef with this song. Because this this is not only I want song, this is also a holy shit, my dad's gonna die song. 
Like, this is 100%. The, this is definition of foreshadowing. Like, this song right here is foreshadowing the song. He sings a song, and then, like, what, 10 minutes later, Mufasa dies. Spoilers! Spoilers? Jeez. Oh, my God. The movie came out in 94. Jeez. <laughs> the movie's older than I am. But, come on. You, you can't deny the fact that this is the definition of A, and I want song, and B, the most foreshadowing any movie has done blatantly with song. I don't know about through song. I'm trying to think of something that is uh It's probably something like Sweeney Todd or some shit. It's like, I'm gonna slit his throat. <laughs> well, yeah. that, that actually is in the movie. <laughs> I was gonna say, the lights song from Tangled is also pretty foreshadowing. Like, she gets to see these lights that are meant for her to go home and just thinks that they're on her birthday every year for some reason. We'll get to that in a minute, though. I still, yeah. t- still stick to my guns that... I Just Can't Wait to Be King is the ultimate I Want song slash foreshadowing song just because of what happens. Yeah. Like, that just... <laughs> I don't know. That's the sound it makes also when Mufasa dies. It's like... <laughs> that's exactly Well, I mean, happens. when his bones hit the ground, it's just a bo- It's just shattering. We don't hear it, though. We just hear... Tran- well, if a tree falls in the woods, does it make a sound? There was somebody there, though. Yeah, we the wildebeest that were trampling and killing the king of Fried Rock. Wow, this got graphic quickly. It did. <laughs> Lion King is not a happy movie. This is depressing, and this song is foreshadowing to that depressive disc. Most of this movie is depressing. That's it's true. got some dark humor. Yeah. For kids, it's fine. They don't notice. And then you get older, and you're like, oh. But do you think it's effective even though you hate it? Oh, 100%. I think it's 100% effective. I think it's more effective than... I can think of one other one on the list that probably is better but lion king is definitely one of the best kelsey what do you think is this foreshadowy is this the ultimate i want song i think there is foreshadowing to it but anytime uh prince or princess is a successor in there singing or talking about becoming king or queen that element of their parents no longer being there to be king or queen is always there. How else does Prince and Princess become King or Queen? But hmm. I think it is a good foreshadowing and it's definitely an I want. I wouldn't say it's the ultimate one though. With this though, I think this is the only Disney movie where we see the prince or princess actually ascend the throne. Yeah. Uh, is it though? I thought Frozen. Frozen. Yeah, Frozen. And Mulan, you see the prince take the throne. Then, no, there no? is no prince. He's not a prince. He's just the general's son. That's true. Oh. So but does dirty. he go yeah. up to become general? Or yeah. does he stay? I thought you saw him become general. And then Mulan take his take her place as his wife eventually in the later movies. No. Nope. We don't talk about the later movies. <laughs> <laughs> all, all one of them. I know. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he... Not in, not in the first movie you don't see it. They call, no. I thought they called him general. Well, after after they he's found a, like basically the fucking graveyard. He's a he's a general, but disclaimer: I'm not an expert on yeah. ancient Chinese warfare. I think the way it works is he's a general for his army. Like he he's a general of an army, oh, okay. and then his father was like the main Chinese army, and his group was the backup. Yeah. So gotcha. I mean, I can't remember Mulan 2, and for good reason I don't remember Mulan 2. After that, I don't think the Emperor was like, okay, 
you're in charge of the entire Chinese army. Boom. He actually might have said that to Mulan, but Mulan might have just been like a strategist or something. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, I remember another one where the princess eventually becomes queen is Tangled because she's the princess that got stolen and then she goes back. But I don't, I don't know if we ever see her become queen though. I think her parents are still alive. But then she does Yeah, her parents are still alive. Mm-hmm. But she does attend Anna's wedding. Elsa's yeah, uh, Elsa's coronation. coronation. Sorry. Yeah, there's theories yeah. about her being there with What's his face? There's there's a picture. They, his they're name there. his name yeah. always pops up as Duncan. It's not right at all. Yeah. Gross. Oh, I'm sorry. But it's you would wonder if at that point if she's attending that ceremony is she queen or not? Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I don't really think it's more about Simba wanting to actually be king. I just think he wants the ability to boss people around and do whatever he wants because in the song he's like, "Zazu, we're getting rid of you whenever I'm king." And when I'm king, I get to play around all day. Yeah, with his, uh, no one saying do this, no one saying be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No one saying stop that, all that. No one saying see here. Yeah. yeah it's, like... it's more about him wanting to get his way than actually wanting the responsibility and crap that comes with being king. Yeah, it's the kid's idealist version of a king. Then harsh reality hits the ground and gets trampled. Uh, yep, and then dad dies. Yep. <laughs> Sad day. I think this movie is effective in saying that, hey, Simba just wants the carefree life that he ends up getting when he runs away. Next movie, we're going to talk about a goofy movie and the song Stand Out. Mm. loves this song Mm. for a good reason it's a good song hell yeah (laughs) is this song effective in conveying max's motivations throughout the movie the name of the song is stand out and that's what max wants to do this entire time is he wants he wants his own identity he doesn't want to be known as goofy son he wants to be known as max and that's all he's seen as throughout the movie through goofy's eyes Mm -hmm. oh yeah especially the part of the movie that goes with this, 100%. This song not only conveys that Max is becoming his own person, he's also ex- accepting the fact that, hey, I'm my dad's son. I want to be like my dad, but I'm also going to be my own person. And also this does count even though Max isn't singing, air quotes, he's lip syncing, which is more than some people do. Mm-hmm. This he's does also count. doing some kick-ass dance moves. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he does dance like a beast. Heather, what do you think? I know Kelsey hasn't seen this, yeah. and we will fix that soon. We will. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, maybe this week or next week. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Because the first time he sings it is in that auditorium, right? Yes. Yeah, because he is trying to basically get the attention of a girl, and he is, I'm assuming, is like a freshman in high school or something. I think they're the same age. Yeah, no, I'm t- but I'm just talking about Max in general. Like, is he is he a freshman that year? Or? I thought it was like 16, 17. I think so. Okay. I don't think he's a freshman, but I don't think he's a senior. It's like he's somewhere in the junior range. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, he's gotcha. one of those punk middle classmen. Which actually, if if he's a sophomore, it actually makes his argument or like more valid or whatever. Because as sophomores, you like get kind of left out of everything because you're not a freshman and you're also not an upperclassman. You're just kind of like, eh. it's like being twenty. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I 
Wait, wait, explain. Because <laughs> when you're 21, you can finally drink, and so, like, 19 and nineteen and 20 is, like, the, you know, age. And then 18 <laughs> is like, yeah, I'm in college. Woo. And I'm legal, okay. and I'm of legal age and can buy a whole bunch more stuff. Yeah, exactly. Kind of. But, yeah, I totally think it works because, yeah, he's trying to stand out from being Goofy's son. You know, he's trying to stand out so he can impress a girl. He's trying to stand out so he can make an impression on his other classmates that isn't like I, I skateboard and that's about it who's this kid pretty much you know and and it can't and it works you know like it kind of worked especially in his little performance in the auditorium and stuff because everyone's like oh shit who's that kid and then the principal catches him and stuff and everyone's like shit it's max what the fuck and then and then they all congratulate him when he walks out because it's like the last day of school yeah so yes i think it works okay. and it's a kick-ass song mm. this is one of those workout songs that nostalgic 90s kids have on you know their workout playlist oh yeah <laughs> i know a couple of people that playlist. what i need to get this on my workout playlist <laughs> yes you do <laughs> i know it's on mine i know it's on mine i need to work out ditto to have a playlist yeah <laughs> so our next movie and song is pocahontas and the song is just around a river bend Does the song adequately or perfectly convey what Pocahontas' motivations are throughout the movie? I would think it shows her faith in her belief that nature is really... will show you the right way through life. Because she has her mother tree, and around the river bend, the river shows you the way. And so, I think that approach does stick with her throughout the movie, but I would say... It doesn't really relate to her, in terms of her approach to her actions, it does. I don't think it does convey her uh, motivations, because I don't really know what her motivations are. I think that's the point. Because she doesn't really know what her motivations are either. She's pretty flip-floppy between, like, her people and not her people, pretty much. Either her people or her independence, in Mm -hmm. my opinion. And sometimes John? Yeah. Smith? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, and you kind of see that with her relationship with John Smith and then also with her inner battle of should she marry Cocoaum and even with her talks with Grandmother Willow. So I, I feel like it portrays the fact that she doesn't really know what she wants until the climax of the movie where she's like, no, we should love everyone. Even though Cocoaum is hella dead, we should still try to love everyone and humans and nature and blah you know and then in the end she doesn't even go with john smith in the in this movie and she no she stays with her Mm -hmm. people so i think it i think it portrays her indecisive nature very well which i would say actually the song agrees with that with that rivers are very indecisive they're gonna follow what erosion is in the ground and you don't know what is around the corner until you're around the corner Mm-hmm. versus hmm. the foreshadowing we had in Lion King where it really tells you what's around the corner before you get there. She even says that she loves rivers because you never step in the same water twice. Mm-hmm. So it's just around the river bend and then also just the water itself is always different. So is that a yes, this is effective? Kind of. In a sense, yeah. Not. Yeah. It relates well to who she is and how she approaches life, but I would say... 
It doesn't really portray a want, it portrays who she is. Yeah. It portrays how indecisive she is, because she doesn't really have a a motivation, so it doesn't have a motivation to support. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Cool. Alright, next movie. The Hunchback of Notre Dame and the song Out There. I do feel like this song is effective because Quasimodo up in the tower looking down at everyone, he's like, I want to I wanna be with them. I want to be out there. I want to be with the people. And the priest is like, no. No. You stay in the tower. You freak. I can't Bruh, protect you're ugly. you if you're stay out up here. there. It's literally almost verbatim what he says. Bruh. 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 You some whack ass motherfucker. Stay up in this here tower. You hear me? And I quote. <laughs> End quote. That's straight up what he says. (laughs) Quasimodo's motivation is just like Ariel's. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this song is kind of the same. Like Quasimodo could sing Part of Your World and it would be almost the same. Except he's not in water. Yeah. Holy shit. It would have the same meaning. So if Ariel sung out there and like her dad was the one trapping her in the ocean or... Quasimodo sung Part of Your World and was looking off of the Tower Bell by the Gargoyles. Like, it'd be the same thing. Because they want to experience something that someone else is telling them not to. Hunchback is literally Little Mermaid, but Ariel's already on the land. That's literally the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, now that I think about it, holy, <laughs> holy shit. It's a great movie, though. Which one did I think it first? we just blew Q's mind. Which one did it first? Because I know Little Mermaid was 87? Uh, 89. 89. It's always 89. an odd number, and I always forget which one. It would have to be Little Mermaid because the mythological reference to mermaids and the mermaid that wanted to escape has been, existed since Greek yeah. times. Hans Christian Andersen wrote the original story to Little Mermaid. In the fairy tale, she wanted to have legs. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like that was a thing. <laughs> and then Victor Hugo wrote Hunchback of Notre Dame... I don't think he had this. He did have the same motivations, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it came out in what the eighteen hundreds, yeah. significantly Early. farther ahead, a yeah. couple hundred years. And so, what about so. what about in Disney production? When did Hunchback come out? Was that in the nineties? Yeah, ninety six. That was part of the Renaissance. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but I was just curious. Little fun tidbits. Yeah, <laughs> I think this one's. I think this one's a no brainer, just like Little Mermaid is. Mm-hmm. Except he sounds way less whiny true yeah he's kind of he's not royalty and mm-hmm. ariel should have just you know been happy with well i'm not gonna say she should have just been happy but <laughs> she could have been happy with you know her royal lifestyle mm-hmm. and quasi really just wanted somebody to talk to yeah that wasn't made out of stone or imaginary true yeah he kind of <clears throat> got a shit out of a deal he was a he was a bellboy that's what he did yeah yeah that's all only thing he did yeah, it was a bad time for gypsies in Paris. Yeah, it was. Really bad it's time. during the... It wasn't the French Revolution, was it? It was before... Or the Crusades. It was yeah. during it's the Crusades. It's when tensions were still high. It was when the church well, still had essentially supreme power. Yeah. Oh. That's terrifying. That's why they could keep Quasimodo up in the tower. And no one... Because they said it was law. Because mm-hmm. then no one could touch him. 
Like, yeah. as soon as he goes on the church steps, no one could touch him. That's right. Yeah. And then Esmeralda's like, hey, I'll be your friend. And he's like, holy shit, what up, girl? <laughs> hey, yo, girl. <laughs> hey, yo, girl, give me your digits. Hey, girl, Let me show hey. these bells. V-X-I-I... <laughs> I-V-X... Why does Quasimodo know Roman numerals? <laughs> no, no. He works in a Dude's church. Dude's a smart guy. And the church has a clock on it. Actually, I don't think Notre Dame does. And they sing hymns. They do sing hymns, and hymns are numbered. Okay, let's move on to Hercules and go the distance. I have often dreamed of a far-off place where a great warm welcome will be waiting for me. Definitely a I Want song. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Because he's like, I want to be more than a farming boy. Because I'm strong, and everyone knows it. This isn't my place in the world, yo. Yep. God! <laughs> when your real place is actually as a god's son. He, is, he does kind of pull, like, the ang- Like, it's not necessarily super angsty teenager, but, like, it... It, it is. It's, it pretty much kind of is, though. Like, Quentin's not too far off with, like, his bang swishing. Oh! Like, he's- <laughs> Let me just listen to my... I can't think of a medieval equivalent to Lincoln Park. Damn it! The joke is ruined! <laughs> but, you know, he's like, man, I, I don't belong here. I know that I belong somewhere else and that I could be doing better things. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like an internal struggle of either every teenager and or every, like, 20-year-old. I heard the equivalent of Go the Distance and Creep by Radiohead is almost the exact same song. I wish I was special you're so very special but I'm a You know, now that you're thinking about it, you're making connections, right? Um, I've seen I've seen comparisons of Go the Distance and Creep because Go the Distance is about him like finding his going out and just being like, "Hey, I'm gonna do stuff. I'm find my own place." Mm-hmm. It's kind of like Stand Out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is a lot like and, Stand Out. Uh, creep is kind of the same way, where it's like mm-hmm. I don't fit in. Except Creep is like I'm gonna be full angst about it. Mm-hmm. Go it the is. Distance is like I'm gonna get off my lazy ass and do something about it. Cre- yeah. uh, not Creep. Go the Distance is more noble about it. <clears throat> it is. Because he wants to be, he wants a hero's welcome. You can't get a hero's welcome without really doing something noble. Mm-hmm. I think, I think it's, it's a noble version of, I don't belong here. I agree. But yes, it, it basically does its job as an I want song. Cause then mm-hmm. he goes out and does everything and he keeps trying and he keeps fighting, you know, and he keeps having, you know, heart to hearts with his, you know, fucking dad. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Of what should I do next? Also, just utterly scaring the shit out of him every time because he pops out of a statue. Yes, true. Hark, my boy! <laughs> <laughs> Probably every scene, every time you see Zeus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The only time that that falters actually is when um, his heart like gets broken, and he intentionally seeks out his dad. Yeah, and then he's like, "Man, I'm useless." And then Meg sacrifices, I guess, her life for him, and then he like lifts the pillar, and then that's when he gets. God strength and stuff. Mm-hmm. 
Now that he wasn't strong enough already. Yeah. And he's like, oh. I think you're mixing up the events of Hercules. No. She doesn't. She kind of doesn't sacrifice. She does. No, because there's a pillar that's about to fall on him. And she pushes him out. I don't think it's a sacrifice. I think it's just a, here, let me push you out of the way because you're being an idiot and not looking where you're going. No, it's a Hercules Hercules lookout because he's getting his ass beat by a Cyclops anyway. And she's like, why are you doing this? And he's like. No, 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 no. He's not getting his ass beat. He had just beaten the Cyclops. The Cyclops had just tripped and fallen into some gorge, I think. Oh, yeah. And the shockwave made the column fall over. Yeah. And it was an unintentional okay. sacrifice. Yeah. She just meant to push him out of the way. Yeah. I don't think she meant to get squished, well, but she got it, so does squished. Does anybody ever mean to get squished? True that. But she meant to save him true because that. she, like, loves him or something. Mm-hmm. And then because he... true love, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and then that's when he gets that faith back, and then he's like, I can continue to go the distance. And we brought it back. Yeah. Saved it. That was my plan. Let's go on to Mulan and Reflection. I don't think this is as much as an I want song. I think this does an excellent job as uh, a what am I kind of song. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because the song's about her deciding what she wants to be. It's the scene in the when she's looking at herself in the reflection she sees. A girl, and she sees a soldier. I, I just, that's that's the right scene in my thinking of, right? No, it's the one when like she's... Like, she sees the girl in the pool. It's the one when she's coming back from the matchmaker, and she still has all, like, half of her makeup on, and is, like, slowly taking off her the full geisha makeup, and then ends up, at the end of yeah. it, she ends up in her family's shrine, and then decides to be a warrior. Oh, okay. Q, you were thinking of the montage. Yep. Yeah, no, this is right after yep, the okay. matchmaker. Mm-hmm. My thought, my thought process is the same. I just mix it with the scenes. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's yeah. basically it's her saying that she isn't what she sees in the mirror. When is what she mm-hmm. is going to be what she sees in the mirror? She had just come from screwing up at the matchmaker, so I think that her saying, her looking in the mirror was like, all I see right now is a screw up. I know I'm not a screw up. When is that going to be reflected in what I see? And also, uh... And then she like, decides to be a warrior. Yeah. Another part of that motivation is to make her father proud. Mm-hmm. And so, basically... Wants to make her family proud, because honor and child. Yeah. Yeah, she says, she says daughter. But the main person she wanted to make proud was her father, because her father had just said, you bring dishonor to our family because you're dishonoring yourself by arguing. Mm-hmm. Then when she sees him training to go fight in the war... That's when she's like, okay, I'm going to take its place so that he can live, Mm -hmm. you know. And then later, like, the first thing she does when she gets home is she goes straight to her dad and gives him the sword and gives him the medallion. Kind of like in a way, like, here, I'm not a screw up. Look at the stuff I did. Yeah, please love me again. Absolutely. I think that ties a lot into... You know, she wants to be proud of what she sees in herself when she looks in her reflection, but also she wants her family to be proud of her also. Mm-hmm. And with it being a fully patriarchal society, that the dad is a big figurehead, and I don't think she had siblings. Nope, she was an only child. And so the lack of sons in her family made puts that much more pressure on her to mm-hmm. essentially do double duty as a daughter and a son. Like Angelica Schuyler in Hamilton. <laughs> but she's the oldest and the wittiest. 
How many episodes was it to, since you referenced Hamilton? Ooh, actually, I don't Be know. Be honest with me. Be honest. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't keep track. Might have been two. Yeah, Ooh, that's what I was thinking. Two. That's it. <laughs> but yeah, I can kind of see that with Angelica, too. Like, she's the <laughs> oldest in the family, so she has to bear a lot of that responsibility. Inherit the Skylar mm-hmm. legacy. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on to Tarzan. And this is the tough one, because... I don't know about you guys, but I really don't know if Tarzan has an I Want song, and if so, what is it? I think the only two songs that qualify are Son of Man and Strangers Like Me. Son of man to the sky, lift your spirits Son of Man is basically his this part where he's growing up, and then Strangers Like Me is right after he meets humans for the first time. I think Strangers Like Me is an I Want song, 100%. Because, I mean, the song's about learning more about who he is, because he, he's known from the start that he's not an ape. He didn't know what he was, though. And so when he meets other people for the first time, he's like, oh, they're like me. I want to learn more about them. And, I mean, a good chunk, I mean, most of the movie's about, like, him learning that, what it means to be a, to be a person. And how it differs between being civilized and how to be, basically be an ape and how to be a person. And so I think this is 100% I Want song, because he's learning, he wants to learn more about what it's like to be a person. I could see that. Yeah. So, what about the other one? I think it's a good character development one. I don't know if it would necessarily portray that he wants to know more about himself. I think it's just more showing us, here's him with monkeys. If we go just off the montage that goes on during the song, which Mm is kind of cheating because we have to, the song should be able to go off the lyrics itself. I think that Son of Man might be his I Want song because I think Tarzan's motivation is to fit in. Because right before that, he is talking to Kala about how Kerchak sees him as different. Right before the song starts, he says, I'll show him and I'll be the best ape ever. That makes Tarzan's motivation throughout the montage that is the song is to be, is to show Kerchak that he is worthy of being part of the family. Because throughout that whole song, it shows Tarzan excelling at, you know, being... I guess, a wild man because he's, you know, climbing a waterfall and he learns how to swing better than anybody and he's building weapons. So I just had a thought based on your, uh, your, your argument. It's not really an argument. It's just an analysis because I agree. So what if Son of Man was the original I Want song and it evolved into Strangers Like Me after he meets other people? Because that's, that's a, I feel like that's a definite possibility because at first he's like, I want to be the best ape. And then when he meets other people, he's like, this isn't who I am. This is who I should be. So maybe it's it serves as both. Yeah. Because maybe when he kills Sabor, that fulfills his I'm the best ape ever motivation. And then right afterwards, the humans are introduced. So he 
kind of has two motivations throughout the film and one is achieved and then the other is kind of introduced yeah kind of going off of what y'all have been saying um how they're both kind of like different i want songs i guess for him depending on like his stages in life and stuff like that and what's introduced to him and whatnot i feel like his main motivation that both of these songs portray is to just fit in with kind of whatever family he's given first when he's growing up it's his family of apes and then when the humans get introduced he gets kind of you know mad at his mom for not really telling him that there were people or other animals like Mm -hmm. him and so then he wants to learn more about them because he wants to fit in with them too so i think like his main goal just throughout the movie is to just fit in and i think both of these songs do a fantastic job of portraying the different aspects of his personality and his, I guess, biology, and wanting to kind of fit in with both. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I think I can say that. Let's move on to The Princess and the Frog, where we have the songs Almost There and When We're Human. Look out, boys, I'm coming through when I'm another one where the motivations change partway through. For Tiana they're connected, for the others they're not. I think for Tiana her goal of opening her restaurant, being a self-sufficient strong woman never changes. It's just the form that that independence, I guess, takes starts as having her own restaurant and not just being a waitress at a diner. And it moves Mm -hmm. to Okay, I want to be human again so I can do what I want with my life. Versus. I want to be human so I can get back to, to being a self sufficient woman. Yeah. Yeah. Versus a prince that's just like, I want to be human so I can go goof off and F around with my own money. Or the money that he has to earn because his parents mm-hmm. cut him off. Yeah. Yep. And then <laughs> Louis kind of wants to be human so he can play trumpet and, yeah. you know, not get shot at because he's a gator. Mm hmm. Yep. He just wants to be accepted as a musician, regardless of the physical form he has. I have a question. So, has Louis been a gator this entire time? Yes. Yeah, Louis starts yeah. as a gator. He's just been an alligator the How does time. he, how can he play trumpet? Disney magic. Yeah, Disney magic. <sighs> of course, why didn't I think of that? It's like, why are there talking mice in Cinderella? And in the because rescuers. there's a fairy godmother. Then why can't an alligator play trumpet? Why is there a fairy godmother? <laughs> because the gator doesn't have lips. Disney gave him lips to play trumpet. He can smile. <laughs> Disney magic. <laughs> Disney magic. Most answers to any question in Disney movies is Disney magic. <laughs> Apparently. Yeah. Let's move on to Tangled and When Will My Life Begin? So I liked um, what you were saying earlier about the lights being on her birthday and Mm -hmm. stuff like that and how the song kind of foreshadowed into that. 
Yeah. Can you explain that a little bit? She was stuck in the tower, mm-hmm. and then, so saw the lights every year, and was just, like, kind of knew that that was her cycle, and her parents were sending those up in hopes that she would see them, and she, after seeing them for so long, wanted to go see them closer, which was the intention her parents wanted, mm-hmm. is that she would eventually come see the festival and come home. Hmm. I've never seen Tangled either. It's Rapunzel. Yeah. In short. Rapunzel with magic powers, but... Yeah. But right, still Rapunzel. Right, that's a thing. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. The hair is magic. And a frying pan. <laughs> yes, the frying yeah, these... pan is great. And the best, like, chameleon ever. These titles kind of give it away. That yeah. when will my life begin? That... <laughs> Once you leave that tower. <laughs> yeah, Rapunzel's stuck in a tower, and she's like, when am I going to not be stuck in this tower? Yeah. I want to get out of this tower. I think the only song on this entire list... Well, the few that don't give it away is probably Strangers Like Me slash Son of Man, Just Around the River Bend. I would never would guess that's an I Want song. Those are the only ones I could think of that don't give it away. I mean, I just can't wait to be king. Come on. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Let's go to Frozen. And do you want to build a snowman? Do you want to build a snowman? Come on, let's go and play. I never see you anymore. Come out the door. It's like you've gone away. We used to be best buddies, but now we're not. I wish you would tell me why. Do you want to build a snowman? It doesn't have to be a snowman. No. Full disclosure, Heather and Quentin hate this movie. I fucking hate Frozen. I like it's it. It's atrocious. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm just glad Kelsey likes it, because like, I'm glad that we have, because we're in separate rooms right now recording, right? And I'm glad that there's at least one person that likes this movie in both rooms. <laughs> <laughs> True. You like Frozen, Tori? I tolerate Frozen. Yeah. <laughs> I like it, though, because it foreshadows them interacting more Anna giving up everything for Elsa, as well as it foreshadows for Olaf. Because Olaf is the best. And next yeah. to Sven. It's okay to have a wrong opinion. <laughs> I hate that snowman with a passion. That snowman is fucking irritating. What? I fucking hate Olaf. Sorry. Nothing against you. Tori, uh, because I have to trudge through this song every time I listen to it, you were trying to convince me of this being an I Want song, because it's not necessarily, like, super noticeable, kind of like Lion King and all that. Yeah, I think it's... Can you kind of explain? I think this is a I Want song because... Not because it kind of has the word want in it. It shows Anna's motivation that she just wants connection with not just her sister but with kind of somebody mm-hmm. because this is the point in the in the movie where Elsa has locked herself away and Anna really has nobody to play with because her sister was her primary playmate and I, I mm-hmm. guess as a princess she doesn't have any friends in the kingdom that she can build a snowman with and it's kind mm-hmm. of her her song to say you know I I want interaction I guess affection of some kind because you know halfway through the song her parents die and she says you know it's just you and me now and you're locked in that room pay attention to me love me is basically what she's saying i also just thought of something else the fact of how that song came about from anna 
she sings it after her memories were altered by the stone tro- trolls gnomes gnomes trolls. trolls trolls after elsa had hit her head with the ice magic while they were playing with olaf inside and then they had to alter her memories of that to take away any memory of elsa's magic and so the only thing that remained is the fact that the two of them played with a snowman. And so I thought that was just interesting yeah. that it's like foreshadowing to Olaf coming back, but also kind of remembering Olaf from before. It's kind of like a snowman is the symbol of their, not their sisterhood, but as the, their friendship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yep. Elsa ends up making Olaf later just when she's singing. I mean, when she's singing, let it go. I'm pretty sure. And yeah, that's when, yeah. that's when Olaf yeah. comes back. She ends so. up making Olaf on accident. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's kind of her way of showing that she has missed the company of her sister and, mm-hmm. you know, playing with her and being with her, even though she's been protecting her this whole time. You can yeah. tell it's taken a toll on her also. As much as I hate Frozen, I hate the snowman. I think this is a pretty, pretty solid I Want song. I mean, like what you guys have been saying, it's it's kind of a sad song at the same time because... I think this is her motivation through the whole movie because, I mean, this is the only song where you see her from a little kid to an adult and Mm -hmm. she's singing it the entire time. And so I think that carries out through the entire movie and that reflects in every song that is sung. Even, I mean, even Let It Go, it could could be drawn back to You Want to Build a Snowman. I just had a funny thought. I want to see the, the outtakes of young Anna just, okay. I get to sing, I get to ask Elsa if she wants to build a snowman again. What am I going to sing this time? I can't sing the same verses last time. So Anna just like sitting there writing out verses. Just outside the door? Just, ah, that's not going to work. <laughs> that doesn't even rhyme. So. Let's go to our next movie and our newest I Want song. From Moana, How Far I'll Go. I've been staring at the edge of the water Long as I can remember Never really knowing why I wish I could be the perfect daughter But I come back to the water No matter how hard I try Every turn I take, every trail I track, every path I make, every road leads back to the place I know where I cannot go, where I long to be. I say a disclaimer for my opinions, I haven't seen it. I second that disclaimer. But I've heard the song on multiple occasions. Neither Q nor Kelsey have seen this movie. Woo! Me and Heather have seen it twice. We did an episode gushing about it. We gushed for a good two hours. Yes, we did. Heather, what do you think about this song? It works as her motivation song because she wants to be there for her family, but at the same time, she wants to super explore and kind of bring back what her people used to do, which they were voyagers. And so I feel like it kind of ties all that together pretty well. It also kind of reminds me of Mulan a little bit with the whole who am I? There's like a reprise of this song a couple of times in this movie and then the final one her last verse is i am moana not only her motivation but kind of her her journey throughout the whole movie is kind of a a search of identity and this is kind Mm -hmm. of the the uh the catalyst for all of it is she's been stuck on land all her life but she keeps being drawn to the water and she doesn't know why and it kind of has a little bit of 
Hercules and Pocahontas in it too, and that she has yeah. a mm-hmm. feeling and she wants to find out what it is, and that kind of sets her on her journey. Or spiritually, that sets her on her journey. Saving her her island is kind of what physically sets her on her journey, but yeah, that's part of the original push that gets her out on the sea. Yeah, it's kind of like Hercules of, she literally wants to go the distance. She wants to go in the ocean. Mm-hmm. She wants to do something mm-hmm. different, which is she kind of like what's out there. Yeah, exactly. And then for with Pocahontas, she she it's it's almost an indecisive thing, but she's more decisive. Or she kind of finds a loophole in it where she's still helping her island, but she's still doing what she's always wanted to do. Yeah. Yeah. And then Mulan with she is Moana. I am Mulana. <laughs> I'm trying to... The fusion What's... of Mulan and Moana. Mm-hmm. What about uh, Mulan, Moana, Pocahontas, and Hercules? Go. <laughs> Moana Wakiles. Boom, easy. (laughs) The last movie and song we're going to talk about is the only song from Zootopia, Try Everything. And I want to know if this is, this could be the I Want song for Judy Hopps. Even though she doesn't sing it, it is played on her iPod, air quotes around iPod, by Gazelle. I won't give up, no, I won't give in. Can the spirit of this song work as Judy Hopps' motivation? Mm-hmm. No. Love Zootopia. Love the song. No. This is not an I Want song. This is a I set the stage for the entire premise of the movie song. This, this is more of a song to set up development of every character. Because in the movie, every character does something a little out of character to develop themselves a little bit more. Like, you can look at the police force. You can look at Flash, a.k.a. Heather. Like, I feel like it's more of, like, a set-up plot song than an I Want song. Okay. The thing with every other I Want song on this list, it's directed towards the person. Try Everything is the only real open-ended song on this list, I I feel like. Yeah, I can see that. And so I think it's more directed towards everybody instead of just Judy Mm -hmm. Hopps. Yeah, it's an I Want song that can apply to more than just one character. I think it's probably one of the more relatable ones to... Both genders. Yeah. Because really a lot just kind of yeah. everyone. Because mm-hmm. a lot of them are very focused on the individual who's singing it or who it's about in the case of Tarzan. And this one is really like everyone's going to figure out life in their own way. But it will work out. I think that's a big message in that is that mm-hmm. life will work out for you. You just have to trust it. Mm-hmm. I agree. But I think this could work specifically for Judy in this case because she wants to be the best. Mm-hmm. And she wants to be a police officer and not many prey. She's the first she's the first one that ends up being on the police force. I think so, yeah. She is. No. I know she's the no, first No, the bunny. chief is prey. The chief is prey. The chief is prey? Cuz the chief's a buffalo and buffalo are Oh, uh, it's true. The chief is uh, a buffalo. Yeah, they are prey. So then she's like the first She's, the first, she's the first rabbit prey, to become. Maybe. She's the first rabbit cop. Yeah. yeah. She's the first bunny. If you listen to the lyric, don't give up, you know, just keep trying. Yeah, I won't give up, I won't give in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in the beginning of the first few days, everybody just, everything's against Judy. Like, they make her a meter maid. Spoilers for Kelsey. Eh. They make her a meter maid, and she gets no resources. She 
gets no chance to succeed, but she somehow has to keep self-motivating herself. And I feel like if this is... I think this would probably be a song to foreshadow because right before all this happens is this song and it's kind of a it's kind of a conscience it kind of could be a conscience for her so this is kind of like this falls under i'm gonna call i'm gonna dub it the lion king category of the foreshadowing okay of yeah try so everything. We, it's the, yeah. yeah i i can i can agree to that but it's i'm still hard-pressed to say it's it's not a, a and i want song just because since it applies it applies to so many people but it's I mean, it's just a foreshadowing song. It's not like Lion King where it's both. But I feel like the argument can be made for either side. This is probably the most gray area song out of the entire list. Because it okay. could technically be just a song to kind of set up everything. Because she's on the train going into the heart of Zootopia. Going through all of the different environments and stuff. So it could just literally be the montage of her moving. Or it could be the I Want song for literally zootopia itself all of zootopia itself yeah because the predators mm. have to, the predators are kind of being their own thing and then the prey are doing their own thing and they're all like collaborating and stuff together or it could just be specifically judy because she's going to be the first bunny police officer you know and she's trying to find every aspect between or in the case you know that she's given she's trying to find all the clues that she can she's trying to try everything to get that taken care of this may be the most optimistic song on the list Mm -hmm. i mean it's probably this and then i guess stand out that's too upbeat not to be optimistic i would say go to the distance is in that category too because he's really just being optimistic and trying to find his path versus being down on the path he's on because he knows he can change it okay Mm -hmm. i can see that all right Good conversation about good songs. Yeah, this was fun. Yay. Who would have thought I had a good conversation about Disney movies? Yep. It's a cold, <laughs> it's a cold day in hell right now. Who would have thunk it? I'd like to say thanks to Kelsey and to Quentin for coming and talking to us thanks, about yeah. the Disney movies and songs. Of course. Is there anything you guys want to plug, Kelsey? Um, Nothing social media based, but if you don't watch it, Drum Corps is awesome. <laughs> okay. Drum core plug. Q, you got anything to plug? Oh, let me pull out my list. <sighs> I, just, I just have two things to plug. I'm a co-creator of the YouTube channel, not a show yet. We do some dumb gameplay videos. It's me and my best friend Brian and a bunch of other friends. It's uh, youtubecom slash not a show yet. It's all one word. Then I'm on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Quentin X U I N T E N. Phonetically, it's pronounced the same. Don't argue with me on that. It's my channel. Fuck you guys. <laughs> and yeah, that's my two plugs. All right. Way to get followers. Fuck you guys. <laughs> <laughs> you should hear me stream. I'm way worse. I'm super excited. You can follow Disney Versus on Facebook at facebook.com slash Disney Versus, on Twitter at Disney VS, on iTunes and on Google Play Music. Give us a five star review, rate, review, and subscribe to us. We'll be back next week with another bracket episode. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this discussion on I Want Songs and music and stuff 
if you want to know more about some of the stuff that we talked about, I would suggest the documentary Waking Sleeping Beauty, yes. which is the documentary where the Howard Ashman quote is from. It's, it's a really good documentary. So and cool. Yeah, you'll learn a thing or two about Disney movies. Absolutely. So. And their process on like making them and like just their history as a company. Oh my gosh, it's so freaking cool. Check out our next episode, and we'll see you later. Bye! Bye.